How's everyone? You doing okay? I trust that you're doing good. Or at least, if you're not doing good, I hope that you'll be doing better <laughs> when you leave. It's always good to have hope. The Lord is our hope. There will be days, won't there? Jesus said something about you will have days. You don't have to look for trouble to come. It comes as, as life exists. You don't have to look far for trials. We're going to talk a little bit about what the Bible says about trials. And we're not exempt from trials. The whole deal is this. Because Adam sinned, we were in a mess. The world's in a mess because of fall man. Because sin entered into the picture. But the good news is this. Jesus has come to heal and to resurrect and redeem and restore. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of rebuilding things that are broken, fixing things that are broken. God is good at that. God knows how, what it takes. He knows for every heart. He knows every thought here this morning. Jesus says something like this, that in this world you have tribulation. How many of you know what a uh, little bit, just a little, a little tribulation, trials. We're not in the great tribulation, trusting God to take us out of you before that all gets going. But in the, life, in the life you live now, you will have trials, tribulation. But he said, he added those words, but take courage, take courage. I have overcome the world. He has overcome, and because he's overcome, you also can overcome, amen? How many feel like you've overcome? Well, great, great. How many feel like you need to overcome? Yes, thank you for being honest. I think it's okay. Admit sometimes we don't feel like we're overcomers, but we're still by faith reaching toward him and believing God will give us the victory that God is for us. God is going to do something wonderful through all the stuff that's going on. God is working in spite of the enemy, what he's trying to, to put upon us to turn. God takes evil and turns around for good. I believe that. I believe that God did that for Joseph and his family in the Bible. And God it turned it around. Well, there will be days, and I want to read a little story. I'm sure you maybe heard this once or twice, but um, this is about a tough day that a, a construction worker had. And so it's a little funny. It's a little. It's probably not quite true, but it gives us the idea. Um, so, so we all have days. Uh, some are worse than others, like the one who had, the hard hat employee reported reported on his accident form. When he just tried to be helpful, when he got to the building, he found that the hurricane had knocked down some bricks around the top. So he rigged up a beam with a pulley at the top of the building and hoisted a couple of barrelfuls of bricks. When I had fixed the damaged area, there were a lot of bricks left over. Then I went to the bottom and began releasing the line. Unfortunately, the barrel of bricks was much heavier than I, and before I knew it, what was happening, the barrel started coming down, jerking me up, I decided to hang on since I was too far off the ground, but then to jump, and halfway up, I met the barrel of bricks coming down fast. I received a hard blow on my shoulder. I then continued to, to the top, banging my head against the beam and getting my fingers pinched and jammed in the pulley. When the barrel hit the hard ground, the ground hard, it burst its bottom, allowing the bricks to spill out. I was now heavier than the barrel, so I started down again at high speed. Halfway down, I met the barrel coming up fast and received severe injuries to my shins. 
When I hit the ground, I landed on the pile of spilled bricks, getting several painful cuts and deep bruises. At this point, I must have lost my presence of mind because I let go of my grip on the line. The barrel came down fast, giving me another blow on my head, putting me into the hospital. If you could follow that, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. I used to have a friend who would say, well, you think that's bad? You know, he'd always have a story to top your story. You know, we just all live in this world. Dead stuff happens. And we think, okay, Lord, what's this all about? Are you punishing me? I think more often God punishing us is just because we live in a fallen world. That we live in, we're vulnerable. We're, we are, um, we're very fragile, actually. We're very fragile. But by the grace of God, he keeps you and I. And he is your armor today. And he is for you and I today. And so it doesn't matter always what happens to us. It's more important what we do with it inside of us and how we respond and what we make of it inside of us. Of course, God is concerned for our physical beings. He is your, your sustainer, your healer. He is the one who keeps us. But there will be days. You see, when you read the scriptures, you don't have to read very far and you discover that the Old Testament is full of people that were living for God, but they were tested. Their faith was tested. You see, there was an Abraham who was called by God to take his, his only son and, and lay him on an altar. Yet God intervened and said, that's enough. I know now you love me, you trust me. You see, there was a man that called Job who had all, he was doing everything right, so to speak. He was living for the Lord. And see, things, bad things can happen even when you're living for the Lord because life on this earth is never certain. But we understand that Jesus has come also, and he lived on this earth to demonstrate to us his love for us, his love toward us, that we, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet under, not understanding who he is, we turn our backs on him at times. Or we forget about him, that Jesus is still looking for us. Yet Jesus still goes after those who stray. And Jesus still reaches out to those who are not close to him. But he loves it when you draw an eye to him. He desires that for us. Daniel had to face the lion's den. Moses faced ups and downs. He was at times angry with his people. Raged out, broke the tablets, had to go back for another 40 days, another 40 nights to do it all over again. God is patient with us, thank the Lord. God is not willing that any should perish. God is willing that everyone would be saved. God desires for all mankind, every tongue, tribe, and nation would be gathered and represented around the throne. It's our job to present the love of God to people. Not, not everyone will accept it. Not everyone will, will believe in your Lord. But we just keep on loving God, loving people. Love covers a multitude of sins, it says. What does that really mean? It speaks towards having grace. That though they may not hear you, they may not obey God's word, you keep on believing God because God is 
God is able to do something far beyond what you can imagine. And so the letter of James, that little letter tucked away in the, in the New Testament, has a few words to say about trials. And I've often read this from time to time. I wonder how it could be in James chapter 1. He says in verse 2, Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. Now, if your tire falls off your truck, right? Or you wrap yourself up and you fall face first on the floor, right? Things happen. Are we supposed to go, well, praise the Lord anyway? If you're human like me, I'm not so sure if I'll say praise the Lord right away. <laughs> but I'll get there, okay? It'll take me a few moments to shake that off, to get it, dust myself off. And I begin to think, well, what's this all about? Well, we live in a fallen world. We're not exempt from trials, first of all. But we're not going to focus on the trials. That's what the scripture is talking about. Don't focus on the trials. Focus on the Lord in the trials. Focus on the Lord. And I don't think we're to be like people who stick their head in the sand and say, you know, I don't have any problems. I don't, you know, I don't feel any pain. That's just not, you know, it, you're not human then. But with the help of the Lord, you know, we acknowledge our pain. We acknowledge our need. Here I am, Lord. Oh, I need you today. I don't know how much I can take, Lord, but you said you won't give us more than we can take. And sometimes you need to talk to the Lord about your feelings. How much is enough? And so the scriptures is knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Well, I'm thinking, well, oh, okay, there's a, there's a reason that God uses trials to strengthen you and I. It's almost like an exercise, your, your muscle, your spiritual muscle is strengthened if you choose to go to the Lord and fight the battle with his help and not in your own strength because the battle belongs to the Lord. And so he re we read on, let endurance have its perfect result. What is that? That you may be perfect and complete. What is, what, is, what is lacking in you and I? Right? Sometimes there's some things where God is working on. Chipping away off some rough edges. Oh boy. We don't like to admit rough edges. But you know what? The fact of the matter is, we are in process. We are not uh, perfect yet. And only to heaven will we have a body, will we have a mind, the mind of Christ. That's awaiting, but right now we walk by faith. There are days when you don't know how you're going to make it through it. There are moments in life where you say, by the grace of God, I could have been gone just like that. By the grace of God, but he kept me. Was there a reason for my life to go, yes, God has a purpose for you and I. It's the name, the name of declare the things of God. Live in such a way that other people say they must really believe what they believe. You know what the world needs today more than anything is genuine people serving with a genuine heart and being faithful, demonstrating over and over what it is to walk with Jesus. People are tired 
of celebrities, people that have big names but don't have anything to stand for. It's the people of God, the ordinary people of God that serve an extraordinary God, that God does extraordinary things. Even in small little groups like this, God can do mighty, great, big things. Let's understand who we are. We are a child of God. And young David didn't, he, he had all he could stand. You remember Popeye? I had all I can stand, I can't stand no more, right? He'd drink that spinach and away it'd go, pump up, take care of the enemy. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Well, King David was like that in a sense to the giant who would come out and taunt the nation of Israel. Oh, you guys are so chicken. You guys, send me a man out here to fight me. Who will fight? And he'd keep coming back. You know what? That enemy, the devil, he is a skunk. He just keeps, he just wiggles his way in and tries to bring down any discouragement if he can. I'm here to declare the things of God. David took hold of that sling in the name of the Lord, and he slung that and he, he didn't miss. And God brought that enemy down to the ground and destroyed him. He silenced that voice. And you know, you and I, in the name of Jesus, can pray in the name of Jesus and silence the voice of the enemy. Bind the enemy in the name of Jesus. We are the children of God. We can count it all joy because you know what? Why can we count it all joy? Because God is going to do something beautiful, something beyond what we understand, something beyond the natural. The natural man, the scripture says, only thinks thinks in the natural. He only sees the things that are here. Oh, but the spiritual man, the one who has Jesus and the Holy Spirit, begins to understand the things that are spiritual and the things of God, the eternal things, the things that, how many believe there's angels? Yeah. Amen. Woo. Got a lot of hands on that. God promised he would give his angels charge concerning you and I. And we can believe that. We can accept that. And to just begin to believe God is, we, we, we are, oh boy. We are, we are protected by the King of Kings. And the Lord is our shepherd. And he knows his sheep. Oh, he knows, your, he knows who you are. Oh, he knows his sheep. He knows when you're up or down. And he knows what you have need of. And he knows what you need to take in your spiritual man to become stronger. So what do we do when we're in the midst of a battle? What do we do? The first thing I would encourage you is to call on the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There is victory. Do you know that God can respond in a split second? I've had instances where I've been in dangerous situations. 
I've had woods accidents, and I've felt the presence of the Lord like you wouldn't believe in those moments because he's there. You don't have to call and hope that your line's going to get in. You don't have to wait till he texts you back. He's there in a moment by his presence. He raises you up. He brings you to himself in a way that you would never know him otherwise. I'm telling you, I think that God sometimes allows the brokenness to bring us to a place to condition us so that we can go to the next level with him. You see, there's how hard it is. I don't like trials. I'll be just as honest as can be. I don't like hard things happening. I don't like seeing people suffer. But there's a part of this following Jesus that requires some suffering. It requires some sacrifice. And Paul described it this way, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. What was he saying? I want to be like Jesus. That might require some suffering. But the good news is this. There's a crown that awaits people who have laid down their lives for Jesus. A crown awaits the people of God. The reward awaits the people of God who have paid the price. Now, Jesus paid the ultimate price. We understand that. What do we do? We call in the name of Jesus. We look to his word, of course, but we pray that those are all good things. And the scripture says in James, specifically verse 6, Ask in faith. Pray for faith. For wisdom. Did you catch that? You're in a trial. You don't know what to do. Ask God for wisdom. Now he says when you ask, don't doubt. Or you'll be like the surf that is up and down driven and tossed by every wind. But you ask God for wisdom. How many know that God has wisdom for us? God, has, God is wisdom. And see, God sometimes will say, sometimes just wait. Trust me. Take it one day at a time. God may give you insight into a situation that will say, oh yeah, I, I get it. I think this is what's going on. The wisdom. You see, God is, sometimes has to work on both ends of the problems, especially in relationships. Isn't it interesting how God loves all people? Isn't it interesting that he cares about everyone? And so these verses, verse 12, kind of sums it up. Blessed is the man who perseveres. So how do we, how do we hang in there? We have, to, we have to connect with God, and we have to connect with people of God. 
This is scriptural. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25, it says these words, let us consider how to stimulate, uh, another translation, I think it says spur, how many rode horse? You rode with spurs? To love, stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking your own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more. As you are seeing the day drawing near. We had a wonderful time the other night around the campfire. To, to my amazement, people showed up. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was, there was 15, maybe more, 20? I don't remember. We had to get more chairs. But it told me this, people are hungry to get together. Yeah. We are hungry because the Bible says we're not to forsake the assembling together. Now, we're in a pandemic. Well, they call it a pandemic. Whatever, it's a panic. Whatever, it, it's, it, we're dealing with it. We're getting, we're, just, we're trying to adjust, but God ultimately is your protector. I'm believing that things are going to get we're going to get through this. I'm looking for the day when we can have testimony again in church. You know, we can have the freedom of people begin calling the name of the Lord. See, I grew up in a small church in Aiken. And there was our custom to have extended times of prayer on a Sunday evening. Calvin and Elaine remember the days at their church when it was 8 o'clock service and you went on to whatever, 10, sometimes later. They understood the value of praying and the importance of coming to the Lord. And I'm, a, I'm concerned, I'm concerned for, for a generation that we don't lose that value of pressing in as a people of God to understand the times we live in. There's always been trials. There's always been something that every, every generation faces. We have, been a, we have went through so many things. We've went through war eras where I remember every Sunday morning when my brother was in Vietnam and the pastor would always pray for the military. It was just a given. Dwayne, you made, you made it through with the grace of God. I know Horton made it through by the grace of God in his era. There are so many things that we can look back on. But God, but God, but God came through. And so, let's be quick. To enter into the presence of the Lord when trials begin to assail us. I was talking with my older brother, and he's, 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 he's about, uh, you know, he's a little older than me. He's not my oldest brother. Uh, I don't know if we're about um, 16 years apart. But he knew things about my parents before I ever existed. So it's fun to hear the stories about my mom and dad were younger. But there were days on the farm 
what Omer, the brother, had talked about this, the second oldest. He said there were days when my when the parent, when mom and dad were, were struggling, and dad would come in and say, "I think it's time to pray. I think we need to pray." And so, yes, he came from a background where his father knew how to pray, and he understood trials. He understood loss. Uh, my grandfather lost his his, his first wife uh, through child child labor that uh, a lot of them did in those days. Flu, flu epidemic hit, uh, and uh, one, of the, one of the brothers, one of, the, one of my dad's brothers passed, and he, my grandpa suffered loss, but he understood also that God understands loss. He understands pain, and so as he learned how to pray, and at the age of 97, when his day came, he went for, a, for unknown reasons, he went by getting hit by a train. And we never can figure that out, why God? But it was quick, it was instant, and it was over, and he was in the presence of the Lord, no doubt in my mind. There are things that you cannot, you cannot teach only by the example that you lead. There are things that are only caught, not taught. They're caught, the things that you catch on to. Well, look what they're doing. Look at what God is doing in their life. Wonder how they got the power. How did they get to where they are now? Chances are they've had many, many trials. And they become, they've chose to surrender their hearts and surrender their pain unto the Lord. I, I know this, that in the early church, in the book of Acts, it describes after the day of Pentecost came, on the day of Pentecost, they received this infilling of the Holy Spirit. They begin to proclaim the things of God, even in other languages that God gave to them. And then they didn't stop there, but they kept on, even when they were persecuted, even when they, they, they come back and they were beaten, even when they were put into jails. The church prayed. The church prayed. And when the church is in prayer, we're going to make it. Because when the people of God say, we can't, we can't, but you can. This is too big for us. This is beyond us. And as the early church confessed their needs, over and over again, we saw a miracle. We see, we read about one miracle after the next. Where God, an extraordinary thing. Why? Because he wanted to reach more people. It's not just about us. It's about your neighbor who needs Christ. It's about the friend you work with that's maybe on a scale of one to ten, somewhere in the three or four. And you come along and help them move up to five or six. You don't know who the next person is going to come along. God's going to use to move them up another notch or two. You see how it works? It's not about how many points we can get with God. It's about just being obedient, staying with him, staying with the plan. Trials. We don't have to look for them. We don't have to look for them. I don't look for them. I don't like them. I say, oh, God, help me to have a, 
Help me to have the strength. And help this day to be blessed. And I believe, God, if we, if we start with, with something like this, Lord, this is a new day. I don't know what's going to happen exactly. I can only, by faith, go out and begin to do the work. But I have to trust you that the wall's not going to cave in, right? If you're building a foundation. I have to trust you that the banks are going to hold, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about, the sand up here. You dig it? Ah, just not right. It's supposed to be sloped. It can bank and slide in. Many dangers. You know what Paul said about his ministry? He said, pray that we have an opportunity to speak. It was all about the opportunity to speak. It's about voicing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be amazing when we get to heaven? Won't it be? And we see the Lord reveals to us. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to God. But the things he's revealed to us belong to us. He's going to reveal the secret things. And we're going to go, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You were there when I thought you were somewhere else. You were still there. You were giving me the courage to go on. You see, there are ups and downs in this life. There's no certainties in this life, but God himself has promised to us to be there in the times of trial. As I said, I think last Sunday in the valley, look over and see the lily I'm borrowing from another pastor that said those words. Remember the lily when you're in the valley? You can't always stay on the mountaintop. The work happens in the valley. The work of the Lord is in the battlefield. But by the grace of God, we keep pressing on. Be strong in the Lord means, and the world will think the opposite of this statement. Being strong in the Lord is being surrendered to him. But the world thinks we can't surrender anything. That's mine. I want to hang on to it. But the Lord says, give, and it shall be given unto you. The Lord says, forgive, and you will be forgiven. The Lord says, let me carry your burden, not you alone. The Lord says, learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. The Lord is calling his children to himself. Could it be the best days for the church are yet to come because of the evil that is going on that the church is going to have to dig in now more? The church is going to have to rely on the Lord. The church is going to have to, with the help of God, have more wisdom than ever before to be able to combat and deal with people that are going through tremendous things in the world today. And isn't it wonderful 
and know that we don't have to be afraid. And wherever you're at in your walk with Jesus, it's never too late to surrender. I find that if I surrender day by day, the things of God begin to open up. They begin to say, you know what? It's not his timing yet. In his timing, God has a timing for everything. And so as they sing, we come down to the close of this message. I've chosen a song that, you know, I grew up on. I grew up on. Some of you probably have, too. You remember the song, I Surrender All? It always touched me somehow. It always brought me to a place, you know what? I could just feel that weight lift. The Bible says to cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And he loves to be God. He will be God. And he loves for children to say, you know, I'm just coming to you. I'm surrendering to you. The days to come, my health, the future, my kids, their kids, on and on it goes. All the stuff that we can carry and get, get uptight over, we can surrender to Jesus. So I'm going to sing and invite you to sing that song.